Welcome to the Overcomers Unite podcast, where we believe that struggling well and overcoming are essential ingredients in your leadership journey. We share leaders' stories of overcoming to encourage and inspire you to keep pressing on. I'm your host, Grace Esther. Today, we are hearing from my good friend, Lindy, who has been in the fashion industry for years. Living in New York, she has had such an amazing experience being able to be in the ins and the outs of the fashion industry. She shares about her struggle with launching her brand and God's goodness in the process. Without further ado, here is Lindy's story. Welcome to Overcomers Unite. Today, we have one of my good friends that I grew up with, Lindy, that is going to be sharing with us. Lindy and I grew up together in Central California, and she has lived in LA and is currently in New York with her husband, Jeffrey, and her daughter, Zinnia. And she is doing some amazing work and has actually started her own brand. Lindy, how did you get into fashion? And can you just share a little bit about yourself with us? Hi guys. Thank you. Thank you so much, Grace, for having me on. Um, this is so fun. Such a pleasure. I'm so glad just to know you and that you're doing this podcast. So I, as well, just like Grace said, I grew up, um, not even too far away from her, just down, down the road, down the country road, um, in a, uh, an area of Southern California, uh, sorry, Central California, um, called Visalia. And, um, both of us actually grew up on farms. I grew up on a farm, uh, produce farm. And, um, it was really, it was a great childhood. I have to say it was a really great way to grow up. Um, but then, uh, you know, growing up, I actually, I was a little bit exposed to, um, fashion and, uh, just the creation side behind that. I learned to sew when I was, I think about maybe 14 or so, maybe a little younger than that. I took, I remember I took a home ec class because I really wanted to, um, start sewing to alter my clothes. Um, because I'm actually like, I'm kind of a short person, so I could never find anything that would fit me exactly right. And I always wanted to, um, mm-hmm. learn how to alter my own clothes and make, uh, changes to them if I wanted to even like aesthetically, but also, um, for function. Um, and so that was kind of like why I started, um, mm-hmm. sewing and I decided to take like kind of a, a, elective home ec class to learn how to do that, bought a sewing machine. Um, and my parents of course were supportive of, of me just learning to do whatever I wanted to do. Um, art wise, mm-hmm. sewing wise, um, Mm-hmm. And I was a little bit exposed to fashion. I wouldn't say that I was exposed to the fashion industry um, at all because that was happening, um, you know, not close to me necessarily, but it was happening in Los Angeles, which was close enough. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I saw the end result of, you know, fashion pieces, like the creation of clothing. And, um, and wow. I was experimenting with that myself. Um, but then as I was in high school, um, and it's funny, I was, uh, I was born in the late eighties. So I'm kind of like part of that generation where I didn't have the internet early on, but I had it like kind of in my formative years, I would say like junior high and high school and beyond, of course. Um, and, and I would go on the internet dial up days and I would research and I would look at, um, things that I wasn't exposed to, uh, in my, um, immediate surroundings. Um, and I would just, I would understand, I would slowly learn to understand that like what the fashion industry was, that it was an industry. It wasn't just, um, glitz and glam and it wasn't just like famous designer names working alone, uh, becoming famous overnight or something like that. Um, the way that Mm -hmm. it sometimes is portrayed almost as if a designer is a celebrity or like, Mm -hmm. um, like they just all of a sudden they're just like famous or something for designing clothes. Um, but slowly I, I would come to realize that it was a whole industry and it was a whole economy. And there were um, so many hands that would touch um, a garment from concept all the way to completion. And by the time that it reaches you and in your closet, um, probably more than 30 people have been involved in some capacity, um, Mm -hmm. with making that garment and realizing it, bringing it to life and having it end up, uh, in your wardrobe. So I was really fascinated by that. And I learned more and more about, um, 
supply chain and creation of product. Mm. Um, and I, I also learned that it was a global, um, process and that really excited me as well. Um, I just wanted to learn more about, um, everything from the very beginning, like growing cotton, which my dad actually did in the, in the beginning of my childhood. So it's kind of full circle because I started out by growing up on a cotton farm. Um, and now I'm a fashion designer, um, designing with cotton, uh, not exclusively, but, um, designing with cotton, uh, often. So, uh, it's, it's come full circle, I like to say. Um, but I went to Los Angeles when I was 18 to attend a fashion school. Um, once I found out that that existed, I knew that that's uh, what I wanted to do. So I went to downtown LA to attend the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. Um, and I got my first degree there in uh, manufacturing management. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's so amazing. And I love how you can see even from your childhood, just this uh, journey of like following your curiosity and your interests and just kind of how that grew into um, creating what you uh, have been working on now. So in your journey and your life, uh, you have started a uh, brand and you've been working on that. How did, the, how did that come into fruition and, and when did that kind of vision start for you? Yeah, sure. So um, I would say truthfully that the, um, the idea to start my own brand, uh, bring my uh, ideas to life in the form of a brand, um, in the form of being my own boss, um, it started in Los Angeles, when I was uh, first in school, I was getting that uh, manufacturing management degree. And I was able to see what attracted me to that degree um, was it was kind of an overview and an insight into all of the different um, categories that that make up a brand or a company. Um, It wasn't just design and it wasn't just um, business and it wasn't just PR, let's say. Um, it was all of those things, um, touching all of them and then, uh, understanding entrepreneurship really. Um, so I took that knowledge and I, I knew at that time, um, I graduated from that school in, um, late 2007. And I knew at that time that, um, the majority of the jobs in fashion were in New York. And I, I knew that I wanted to like try my hand at, at least starting my career in New York city. Um, and it's funny, I had an idea, just a very simple idea that was, I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to, um, take whatever job is offered to me. I don't care what it is. It's just something in the fashion industry. I was like, I don't care if I'm working in a factory sweeping up their stray scraps. Like I just want to be in it. I want to be, um, in the garment district in New York city. So about that, when I was in high school, um, my family took a trip to actually see the ball drop the whole new year's Mm -hmm. Eve thing. Um, when I was right in the middle of high school and we, um, stayed in a hotel that was right in the middle of the garment district in Manhattan. And it was, it was everything that I thought it was going to be and more, um, even though it's gritty and <laughs> kind of gross, like people think that the garment district in New York is gross and in a way it kind of is, but, <laughs> but I loved it because it's the real deal. Yeah. Um, you're, you're stepping into these buildings, uh, where all in one building, let's say that you're going to have your cutter, your pattern maker, your sewer, um, a design studio, um, even like a shipping logistics freight forwarder, let's say, um, all in one building. It's just like an elevator right away. Um, and people on the street are, uh, walking, rolling racks of fabric and finished garments down the street, getting them from one building to another. It's just a really unique, um, place in, in the United States, really. Um, I mean, Los Angeles, there's other cities that have garment districts. Los Angeles does, of course. Um, but it's not quite the same as, as Manhattan's. It's just really concentrated and dense and you're just wow. in it, living it, breathing it, literally sometimes breathing like there's fibers in the air. <laughs> um, so I was exposed to that when I was in high school and I, mm. I knew that was it. I, I had to try my hand at New York and get yeah. close. I just wanted to be close to the garment district and just um, see what came of that. Um, yeah. And I, 
so when I moved here, I was 20 years old. Um, and I got a job, actually a better job than I would have thought. Um, my plan was get whatever job, uh, you know, within three to six months, my plan was if I didn't get a job quick enough, uh, then I would, I told myself that I would go to Paris to, um, get another degree. Um, so, but that actually, that was not uh, the plan that, that wasn't supposed to happen. I was never going to, um, end up in Paris. Um, God, what I believe God really had his hand on me, um, even then and, uh, just, uh, guiding my path. Uh, so he, he's just so good. He just really, uh, kept me in the palm of his hand and he provided this miracle job for me when I was 20 years old, where, um, it was not, you know, working in a gritty factory. It was, um, working for a beautiful couture, high-end, exquisite, uh, bridal designer. Um, her name's Reem Akra. That was my first job, uh, out of college. And they really took a chance on me, right? Like I didn't have a whole lot of experience. I didn't have connections. Um, but I will say God, God was and is my connection. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I, I don't have, I don't, didn't even have family on the East coast, nothing like that. Um, but it was God just opening doors. Uh, and so I was able to get my first job in wholesale sales, um, for this bridal designer wow. and she had an office in, uh, she's very beautiful part of Manhattan right by Central Park. And then she also had a, an atelier sort of like a mini factory in the garment district as well. So it was kind of cool. It was like um, the best of both worlds, getting to see uh, the beautiful showroom and meet with private clients and see that kind of whole world of custom because it was bridal, which is very custom. It's the kind of the most custom side of the business um, made to measure uh, just very precise and every single gown is made to fit each body perfectly. Um, I was able to see that process. Um, and she even had, because it was very high end, she even had celebrity clientele. She had, um, middle Eastern royalty, um, coming over. She, that designer herself is uh, Lebanese. And so it was just very cool to see, um, how she would really just take care of these clients and, um, and make them, look and feel special. And of course, for like one of the most important days of their life, um, to, to wear this bridal gown and you really only get to wear it once. And so it was just so, um, I loved the careful nature of it and just the precise, um, all of the care that went into it because it wasn't just about the garment as well. It was about making that woman feel, um, like, like she'd never felt before. So, that was uh, really special, and and I also loved getting to go down to 35th Street to the atelier and uh, jump in with pattern makers and the cutters, the fabric cutters, the embroiderers, and she did exquisite embroidery. Wow! And um, I had the the very rare privilege of getting to wear one of her gowns actually for my own wedding. Um, so yeah, it was just a really uh, a really blessed first job. I mean, and it was totally entry level, you know, it's all the entry level things, you know, not that great of money. Uh, some grunt work involved. I worked six days a week. Um, I would work at the store. Um, she had a retail store, um, on Saturdays just because I wanted to, um, I wanted to see every side of it and just, I wanted to see the, the retail type of clients as well. Um, it was really special feels kind of like a lifetime ago. It's kind of that weird thing. Time is funny where it feels like a lifetime ago, but it also feels like it was yesterday. That was in 2008. Um, yeah, it was really good. So, um, and from there I've, I've had quite a few different jobs that have, um, had a little bit of a meandering path, but it's all been in the fashion industry. So, yeah, I love that how you can just see God making a way for you in uh, being in New York even. Yeah. Yeah. It's like so beautiful because it's so many people want to be in New York and they try and it doesn't work out for them. But just how um, he didn't just open this tiny door. It was this big door and like meeting all of these people and these opportunities. Um, So when you were in um, this position and then we're getting these um, other positions, how did kind of like your desire for your brand, like what was brewing inside you that- in, in that season and, and how, um, how did the vision begin to come into a reality? Yeah. So, um, so like I said, I, I worked a, 
uh, quite a few different jobs. Um, I worked in different capacities too. Like I, like I started out in wholesale sales and then I transitioned into production, you know, manufacturing, um, worked in both women's wear, men's wear, of course, bridal, ready to wear, day wear, um, even a little bit of accessories, uh, department at J crew. Um, so I, I touched a few different departments, um, before I realized it was when I was working in production for a startup that I, um, you know, like any startup vibe, you're working a lot of hours, um, and, but learning a lot and, and getting so much out of anytime you can work for a startup is you're going to learn so much, um, but you're going to pay for it with your hours, <laughs> but it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and it was in that season when I was working at a startup that I realized, okay, I see what the designers are doing, what their uh, role is, how they divide and conquer their work, how they, um, how they, their process, how it flows. And I realized that um, that creativity, that same creativity was brewing inside of me. But, um, but because I hadn't had a formal design education, um, I personally, I didn't feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. I knew that I could be a designer, but I didn't feel comfortable, um, like formally applying for design jobs without getting a education from one of the big schools um, and getting a degree in design. I just, for me, that's what I knew that I wanted to feel most comfortable um, going back into the industry and, and applying for a design job. So um, it was, you know, it was a little bit of a season of soul searching and, and really asking myself, like, what, what do I want to do? Asking God, like, how have you gifted me? How have you equipped me? Um, and, and how can I use all of this experience that I have seen like to my benefit um, and just uh, like pressing into that and being really honest and uh, so I, I felt the call to like leave that job and go back to school at FIT, which is here in Manhattan. Um, and it, it's an incredible school. I knew that I wanted to get my bachelor's in design there. Um, so I, I took the plunge. I went back to school for four whole years. It was like a full on four year, you know, undergrad program. And then um, they have different specializations that you can do at the school. And I specialized in knitwear um, because I had also worked in knitwear production for Tory Burch um, for a time. So I knew from that job that I really loved knitwear. That was kind of my first love. Um, I love that process. It's really different. Like the way that knits are made is really different from cut and sew wovens um, or just a cut and sew process. So I, um, so I chose knitwear as my specialization, um, and I graduated from that program in 2017, and I've been working as a, uh, like a full-time freelance designer for various companies since then, um, but I always, I always knew that throughout this whole process that the bigger picture and the bigger goal um, was to start my own brand, and I wanted it to, I knew that it would be knitwear, um, but you know, I had a, I kind of dipped my toe in that um, exercise, if you will, of starting my brand, of selling product, getting it made, selling it. Um, I started kind of doing that when I was actually at FIT. I sold um, a collection on an e-commerce platform, which thank goodness for e-commerce. It's so different these days. It's like, it's just better in a way. Um, just with e-commerce, you can have your products up and selling in a matter of hours. It's, it's actually a really cool um, time, I think, to be able to realize your vision, get it, get it photographed and get it up and selling. You can start getting sales like immediately. So I think that's an exciting time that we're in. There's less of a barrier to entry. So I, I did that when I was uh, in school, but of course it wasn't, it wasn't my full-time job and it didn't take all my attention because I was still a full-time student, but I wanted to um, kind of already start selling to friends and family, which is what I did. Um, kind of starting around like 2015, 2016 is when I, uh, sold some pieces at that time. And then, um, post-graduation is when I, you know, I, I knew that I wanted to work a little bit more for existing companies. Um, but that I was getting closer and closer to my big goal of starting my brand. Yeah. So that's what I've been working on. Mm. So good. And I just love, again, I just see each different 
phase that you've gone through, it's just, there's this gift that you've like received in that space that has helped you to like step into the next, um, the next phase. And it's so true that like looking back, things are so like, can be so clear and just listening to you. I feel like that's so encouraging for all of us to hear in, in your story. It's like seeing all of these things that are um, like aligning and helping to build you and grow you into um, kind of like the vision that, that you have. So then um, kind of with your brand and kind of um, having these different positions and knowing that um, starting your own brand is kind of like your vision of what you want to be doing. Um, what has that process been like in um, kind of s- stepping fully into it and like what kind of um, kind of breakdowns have you gone through in spaces where it just felt really disorienting and kind of um, what what has that process of um, walking through that and failing well and failing forward and stepping, um, continuing to press through even when it gets hard? Yeah. Wow. So that's really good because that's actually what I'm dealing with right now. So just to be really vulnerable with you and whoever's listening to this, um, because I'm sure everyone can relate to um, having goals, dreams, visions, um, but encountering way more roadblocks than you would have thought that you would have encountered. Um, And that's, honestly, that's a place that I find myself in right now in this season. Um, And I, and I think probably a lot of people are with the coronavirus. It's really, um, it's just like an open-ended kind of confusing, uh, no one really knows exactly what's next sort of time. But um, so I have a very specific story that correlates to this. Um, So I was working in 2019, the entire year I was in the research and development phase of my, um, of getting my prototypes made for my brand to get ready for a Um, June, July, 2020 launch. Um, That was the goal. (laughs) I was getting ready for that um, in, in the beginning of 2019. And then that's actually when my husband and I found out, uh, well, I should back up. That is when we found out that we were pregnant at that time that it was awesome news and it's the best thing ever. Um, but it was actually at that time, beginning of 2019 that I was preparing, I almost forgot. I was preparing for an October, 2019 launch of my company, but that was what the doctor told us our due date was actually for our baby (laughs) was also October, 2019. So I was like, okay, um, it's time to reevaluate and just, um, just accept like this is this is just gonna take more time and it's gonna be a longer um, runway to launch than I maybe thought it would be. Um, and I actually experienced a, a major delay in my launch in 2018 as well. Um, Jeffrey and I actually we moved back to Los Angeles in 2018. We were there for nine months, um, seeing if LA was the right place for us to live that year. Um, and and we realized uh, that actually our calling was to come back to New York um, in 2018. But I was working on my brand launch in Los Angeles, working with a factory there. Um, again, in the research and development phase, prototypes, um, and uh, if anyone works in like the product development phase of their industry um it just you never know who the who your right factory is going to be until it's the right factory and there are so many um roadblocks that can happen all along the way and it's funny because that has been um almost my whole career has been working in product development but that doesn't mean that I'm immune to those same issues that's for sure um because I ran into similar roadblocks that I had seen happen uh, time and time again with other companies. Um, and it happened to me as well. Um, different pricing issues, different quality control issues. Um, uh, people at factories, n- maybe not just not uh, valuing your product as much as you do. Of course, you know, you're the creator. So you're going to um, 
care about your product the most. Um, and also a lot of factory, uh, uh, businesses are they don't have a lot of time so they they don't have the same time to commit to um your vision as you do of course as the as the creator so um i ran into those types of roadblocks um and so experienced a major setback for my launch in 2018 fast forward to 2019 realized i'm getting another message of delay and setback i realized i would not launch in 2019 but i i just i turned to god i was like okay god what are you telling me with this second delay, it was disappointing. Um, not the pregnancy, but just the fact that there was another delay. Um, it was a little disappointing, but I just was, I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to you, God. What are you telling me? What do you have for me? I don't want to miss out on what God has in store for me. Um, and I, I heard him say, I want you to enjoy, um, 2019 and I want you to just go slow and not, um, not see this as a dead end, but just see it truly as a delay, but not a dead end. Right. Um, so, so I kind of relaxed into 2019. Um, but I still made progress on the research and development. The prototyping got, got a lot of prototypes made actually. Um, moved forward a bit with um, creating a product to launch, getting ready for a June 2020 launch. Um, then fast forward to February 14th, literally Valentine's Day of 2020. <laughs> and I got my, what what should have been my last um, prototype uh, for this product that I was gonna launch. Uh, it came in the mail because, um, you know, I was taking care of a newborn, um, the factory, you know, I was working with a factory here in New York this time. Um, and as they sent me their final attempt at this product, I opened the box and it just, it wasn't right. It wasn't what I needed it to be. The quality wasn't there. Um, and it was after like three attempts and it was just, I'll never forget like that feeling of like almost numbness of like, oh my gosh, like I'm finding myself here again in this place of like, what am I doing? Like just to be really vulnerable with you. Like I just felt, it just, I, I felt like everything I'd been working on was pointless. That was my, that was my knee-jerk reaction. It just felt like the wind was taken out of my sails. And I kind of just couldn't believe it. I was like, I am, it feels like pushing a boulder uphill. Yeah. <laughs> um, just disappointment after disappointment, um, errors after errors, you know, um, and all of this costs money. <laughs> it's yeah. not like doing these iterations is free. Yeah. Um, it's, it's expensive to do um, prototyping. So that happened. It was funny because my husband and I were like getting ready for our Valentine's day date. And I kind of just had to like close the box and just go, all right, I'm putting that aside and I am going to go out and we're going to go on our date and I'm going to enjoy this. And I'm not going to think about what I just saw in this box. And I'm going to come back to this like tomorrow and just pray and like, lay these emotions that I'm feeling like at God's feet and just kind of like, just, I don't know, just be like really raw and vulnerable with God and even like cry if I need to. And just God already knows he sees. And I think he just is like right there willing to be in that pain with you. And that's what I knew I needed to do was just, um, because I knew in that moment, when I saw that third and final proto that had not improved, but had actually gotten worse, <laughs> that meant the end of that relationship with that manufacturer. Like it, it just meant that's not the right um, path with them. And that I would have to start over from square one with a new factory starting all over again. Um, it's a really long process. It takes a while to get work out all those kinks. Right. And so I knew in that moment that I would not be able to launch in June, 2020. Oh. And, um, like that's, I, I knew that 
at the earliest I could launch anything would be like the fall or maybe holiday kind of time of 2020. And then I remember feeling really bummed because I was like, okay, maybe now is the time that I start pursuing um, a relationship with a manufacturer in China. But that was right when China was suffering the most from coronavirus. So I was like, oh, I, I don't even have that option either. Wow. Little did we know that coronavirus was about to come stateside and knock our economy off its feet as well. Mm -hmm. And that even if my prototypes were ready, I still wasn't going to, I wouldn't have been able to launch in June, 2020 anyway, even if my product was ready. Mm -hmm. So it's just really wild, like how all of this happened. Um, and it's sort of like, is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. It almost feels neutral. It almost just feels like I just wanted to hear from God and just get back at his feet and go, okay, here's my emotions. Here's what I'm feeling. But God, you saw this coming. This isn't a surprise to you. What are you showing me in this season? What are you teaching all of us collectively? I feel like we're, we can all learn so much from this um, very unprecedented season. Um, and that's truly like we're in May of 2020 right now. Right. So that's where I find myself um, just like processing and praying mm -hmm. and being in a place of like acceptance and like conversation with God um, yeah. and just hearing again from him, that same message that I've heard now for a third time, this is just a delay. It's not a dead end, but it is a delay. Um, so maybe, maybe it'll be launching in 2021. Um, I know that me along with many others, countless others are in the same boat of dreams dashed, dreams delayed. Um, coronavirus has changed a lot of timelines for a lot of people. The fashion industry in particular is reeling from this um, yeah. situation. It's been negative for pretty much everyone in some capacity there's been so many layoffs um so many uh s like small businesses that are the most vulnerable to things like this that are suffering so much it's like it's really crazy but um but god is like here and ready and willing to stand in the pain with us and just um I don't know, just speak. Yeah. And we're never going to get this kind of season probably back. Yeah. Um, so there are special things to learn in yeah. this time. Um, but yeah, like, so that sort of disappointment is just, I don't know if I can say I'm like getting used to it or what, um, but yeah. just trying yeah. to like look into God's face and stay yeah. strong and positive and just um, be grateful for the things that are really incredible blessings in my life at the, in the midst of, um, that type of disappointment that's yeah. happening. Yeah. And I, I love just hearing what you're sharing right now, because I think it's so relatable to myself and so many other, uh, people that are listening right now, because the reality is like, I think a lot of us have had dashed dreams over and over again. And I just yeah. love, and like with coronavirus, I think we're all kind of in that space right now yeah it's happening again and i love that you give us uh, this example of um bringing our emotions before god and bringing that to to him and i feel like that's such a good discipline to help us to process our emotions and to receive peace amidst pain and like yeah. um, what kind like if someone wanted to do that, but they felt confused, like, how do I, like, how do I bring my emotions before God? Like, is there, like, do I journal? Do I just sit? Do I talk? Like, what would you suggest to someone that was wanting to do that, but was not exactly sure how to start or yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I think that actually, um, all of the above, um, journaling, sitting, sometimes just sitting quietly, um, other times just like prayer slash talking, um, like 
airing out all of your emotions, like almost like talk therapy, like literally talking it out, processing it with God. Um, I, I literally will do that sometimes where I'll, I'll audibly talk to God um, and just hope that I, that no one really hears her, you know, Oh, she's talking to herself. No, I'm talking to God, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like that. It's, I would say it's closest to like therapy and counseling um, where you just are processing with God and, um, and allowing time for like little pauses and, and sitting and in silence too. sometimes waiting to like hear back from him and hear uh, if, and when he speaks, like what he's telling you. Um, and then knowing that, um, if what you hear from him, like aligns with scripture, you, you can know that it's from him and it's not from like the enemy or, uh, negative things from people or, um, or also sometimes vague positive things from people that may not really stick. Um, like taking what you hear from God and making sure that it, that it is from him because, um, because it's, it's aligned with his character. It's aligned with what we know of him from the Bible and scripture and what that says about our, our all knowing, all loving father, who's just like right there as close as the name is on our lips. He's that close. He's right there. Um, and he just cares (laughs) as simple as that is. I mean, I've actually been a Christian since I was five, but I still need to hear that he cares. I need to be like reminded of that and kind of like shown that and that time just to spend with him that, um, like a best friend, like a confidant, like that is so important. Um, for me, I've found it to be really encouraging to my spirit to like, you know, he'll sit with me. He'll let me just be in pain, but then he gives me the strength to like get back up and keep going and love the people in my life well. And um, I don't know, just like have confidence and um, uh, like passion for what I, for what I'm passionate about, what I, um, I want to bring my talents, you know, into the light and just to have confidence to do that. Because I think sometimes the more disappointments or delays and setbacks I have, the easier it is for me to go, well, should I, even do this Mm. but I think that that was never in question that's kind of like a threat um from the enemy just to like try to get me to be to stay down instead of getting back up yeah yeah that's that's so good because I I I love how what you're saying can really um inspire and encourage people to keep pressing on and just like um bringing their pain before God in that process. It's not like a, I'm in pain, just like push through it. It's like a mm-hmm. bring my being, bring myself before God and like, cr- like cry out to him in the midst of, of the pain. And like in that space, I can receive the the strength to keep um, going on towards the like vision that he has given me. And like, like the vision he has given you for this brand and for all of these, these desires on your heart, like those are going to come into fruition. Um, and it's like, I mean, I believe that, you know, God's forming us in each of the different like spaces that we're in. And so, um, yeah, I just, I feel like the formation process, I feel like this of bringing our emotions before God is just like part of that formation process, which is, so beautiful and hard and, um, and so many things. So, uh, what type of encouragement would you give someone who's, um, like we're all in this season of coronavirus, um, but also like people that are in a similar space to you where they just feel like I've like 10 years I've been wanting to like build this. And it's just like, seems like 10 years it's just been, hitting, um, roadblocks, like what type of encouragement, um, can you like give to them right now? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I feel like sometimes I am like empty of encouragement sometimes in, in this season, but, um, 
but I can tell you where I get my encouragement from. And that is from the Lord and from, um, also like, you know, iron sharpens iron. So Mm -hmm. other, um, other people who are encouraging me, um, specifically other Christians who are, um, it's not just about like achieve your dreams, although that's a huge part of life, but, um, but it's, it's like finding joy and fulfillment in God and in your relationship with him, your, um, your time of worship with him, um, and in community, of course, uh, like I said, iron sharpens iron that has been helpful for me in this season. Um, that's where I'm getting my encouragement from. So I would, I would kind of just relay that same message and say, um, you know, find it in the Lord and find it in community and, um, find it amongst friends who will be there to um, like keep believing in you um, and keep encouraging you. Um, People who say like, Hey, I, I know that this thing that you love brings you alive. I've noticed that you're not doing it lately. Why is that? You know, because we all come into seasons of our life where, where we're fighting depression, let's say, um, and we may want to, in that kind of depression season, we may walk away from the things that actually make us happy, ironically. Um, but I think having people who are close enough to us to kind of say, hey, I, kn- I love you and I know what makes you come alive and feel happy. And I want to make sure you're still doing that and pursuing that and not just... Um, like drifting through life anonymously, um, not checked on and cared for. Um, and I don't know, it's sort of like you wouldn't let your, you wouldn't let your child or your best friend like starve themselves. Right. If you know, if you notice they weren't eating for a month, you wouldn't just stay silent. You know, it's the same thing I think with, um, like passions and even hobbies that can bring us like so much life. Um, I think people are, I, you know, ironically, I think people are discovering some old hobbies that brought them pleasure yes. and even new hobbies right now that um, bring unexpected like joy and pleasure and like stretching your brain and like learning new things and like creating new neural pathways in your brain that like, um, that like light up and bring you joy. Um, in this time of coronavirus, when we're at home, it's, it's weird, but it's also like a special gift of like, we actually do have a little extra time to like learn a new skill. Um, take that master class, um, class that you want to take, um, get back in touch with things in your childhood that like brought you alive. Um, like I recently, it was actually before, um, the shutdown, I had enrolled in a dance class, um, again, just to bring myself like that, um, just something into my week once a week. That was something I used to enjoy when I was growing up, which was dance. And, um, I was going into Manhattan once a week to take that class. And as a new mom, it was even more important for me to like have something in my life that was again about like my previous joy. Um, Even though my baby, of course, like brings me endless joy, but it's just so much work that it would be really easy to like just not put myself on the agenda at all. (laughs) So I was actually just finally getting back out there and doing that. And then like the shutdown happened, but that's okay. We can all still do things like that actually digitally. Um, but yeah, so I think that like checking in on Mm -hmm. each other and making sure that, um, you know, we're still nurturing our dreams and our passions and things that make us feel alive. And um, I, I've been seeing a lot of friends of mine who wouldn't necessarily call themselves like uh, painters or even really that artistic, but who are like doing watercolor and like they don't care if they're if they don't like if they're not good or if they you know quote what what does that even mean like to be good quote unquote right. um, at painting you know like um, they're just doing it to feel like that release and that, that pleasure of creating. And God, God is the creator. He created creating like the only reason that we can create is because he created first. Um, And I think that he loves to see us like participate in that. It's not about like talent level. It's not about being good. It's, 
it's just about like finding what, what brings you pleasure. And, um, it can also be a really good like de-stressor. So that is helpful. Yes. So good because I think that there's a free, there's a grace and a freedom in this season to Mm -hmm. find joy in the slower things or the things that are not as achievement or productivity oriented. Yes. I love that that, like, that's what you're saying right now. And it's just so beautiful because, uh, I feel my, my hope is that we begin to create these rhythms that are like at a sacred pace in this time so that when the economy goes back to being the engine that it is, maybe like my hope is we'll, we'll take this sacred pace and we'll, um, cause it's good for our souls. Like people, yes. when I talk to them, like there's a lot of hard stuff cause emotions are coming up, but yeah, yeah. emotions coming up. It's cause we don't process them cause we're so busy. Yeah, exactly. We don't have time to, in the general, you know, weekly rhythm of life, like you don't have a lot of margin in your week to process like, you know, Hey, someone hurt my feelings or I was hurt by that incident or I have unmet expectations or dash dreams. Like those are big things that don't, they require more than a 10 minute conversation between you and the Lord. And right right now we have that time to process, but it's scary because processing Mm -hmm. is vulnerable and you're going to have to confront. I mean, I'm doing it right now, like confronting, um, things that are in my life that like I would, when I was working, you know, like that nine to five, I say that in quotes, who works a nine to five? Like, yeah, right. Like, like nine to seven, nine to nine type of job. Um, you are not afforded time to process all this stuff that, you know, you thought, oh yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then, and then when you're given like an hour to think about something, you're like, oh, I have some unresolved things to think about here but that's where when you invite god into it like you invite him in you invite him into the mess i mean he already knows all about it anyway it's not like a surprise to him so it's i find that like really safe and comforting like he he can be such a safe um place like if you believe god to be like safe and true and like let him show up for you in that way yeah no that's i love that so much because it is um choosing to step in to that rhythm and we could be stepping into that rhythm even outside of coronavirus happening but it's like all of us like no one's expected to work right now unless you're an essential worker and so like there's um there's like we're supposed to be sheltering at home so there's this kind of like freedom to really intentionally use our space well yeah and so I think that that's if we choose to be intentional, it can be, I think this can be a really transformative season for our souls. And that's mm-hmm. um, if we allow that. And so my hope and my prayer is for myself and for you and for everyone listening like that, we decide to choose that because we get to choose that. Um, so good. Lindy, how can people uh, connect with you if they want to follow along um, on your journey with branding, if they want to connect with you, um, if they're in New York, I'm going to connect with you. How can they get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. So, um, my Instagram is at Lindy, L I N D Y underscore, underscore. There are two underscores Fox F O X. (laughs) Um, so that's my, uh, brand's name is Lindy Fox. Um, you can also see, of course, my website, which is just lindyfox.com. But in order to actually connect with me, I would say Instagram is the best. Um, just, you know, shoot me a message and yeah, I'm just, I'm right here in it. I, this is not like a story about the end. It's a story about the middle, (laughs) which is where I find myself. So I totally relate to all these things that we're all feeling collectively right now. Yeah. And thank you for sharing so vulnerably because like I, um, I so relate to what you're saying and I, um, I like, I feel so encouraged by your story because, um, just the things that you're going through right now, I feel like I'm going through in like Mm -hmm. a different, um, a different scenario, but like similar things of like emotions and just like bringing it before God and frustration with best laid plans and things like that. And so, yeah. Yeah. So I just thank you for sharing vulnerably and for sharing your heart with us. For sure. For sure. I'm so excited for everyone to get to 
connect with you. So thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Make sure to connect with Lindy by following the links in the show notes. Finally, I would like to invite you into a blessing. I'm going to invite you to open your hands in a posture of letting go and receiving. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May you receive peace and joy today. Until next time, bye.